Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good morning and welcome to Mrs. Cardiology, where Sunita Pandit, wife of Dr. Santosh Pandit, Mrs. Cardiology herself, shares the knowledge that sometimes doctors like her husband, can't share in their doctor's office in the limited amount of time they have to see you. She uh, is the, uh, has been learned a lot as the caregiver of an 85-year young uh, mother and a 34-year-old adult handicapped son and uh, also taking care of her father who had congested heart failure. She has been there, done that, got, took the picture, got the T-shirt, burned the T-shirt because she has a tremendous amount of knowledge and first-hand experience. So uh, today, we're going to talk to you about seven, she's going to talk to you about seven illnesses that um, are caused by malnutrition. Uh, It's her latest thing. She's on this malnutrition kick. You know, uh, the questions that we want to ask today are, are rickets and scurry 18th century diseases, are they still around today? So today, you're going to find out how malnutrition, lack of good, healthy food, can affect the health of you and your family, especially children and seniors. So listen today. If you think there's someone that is just eating too much and surviving on mac and cheese and pizza, please, by all means, forward this podcast to them so we can get them thinking about their health and food is medicine and the truth of the matter is you are what you eat. Here she is right now, Mrs. Cardiola herself, Sunita Pan. Hey, good morning, Joanne. Good morning. It's a great day to be alive. Thanks for getting on so early with me. Um helps me get the day started and moving forward and getting a lot more done when we get our podcast done early. Absolutely. And, and as you said, with today's uh, topic being diseases caused by malnourishment, malnutrition in children, we're, we're facing a, um, a, a very sad state of affairs in the United States. One in seven people are considered to be under the poverty line, meaning they're not getting enough to eat, actually. And most of it they're finding out is demographics in the sense that it depends on where they live, whether they have access to food. And the bigger problem that Joanne and I have discovered is that we don't know if they even understand how to shop in the grocery store. And that most of the time they don't understand that if you go to the doctor's office and you're going to lunch afterwards, don't make it McDonald's. Make it Panera Bread, which has improved their quality of food. There's a lot of simple day-to-day information that just is not, can we say it's not being taught, it's not being absorbed, it's not being implemented. It's a whole combination of different things. And it's a sad state of affairs in the United States where we are considered the number one country in terms of affluence, availability of food, shelter, clothing. And in some cases, Sunita, here in the United States, there are children who are not just undernourished. There are those who are overnourished yes. with things like, like enriched flour in bread. And it has, has stamped out certain illnesses. That's true. 
but it has fostered others like overweight and, and, and not getting enough essential nutrients and things like that and, and, well, and increasing health problems. What I have literally discovered being married to a cardiologist is that medicine doesn't have all the answers. They don't have a clear picture. They don't have a crystal ball. They can't predict the future with you because you are unique and you have to take care of yourself first. The doctor cannot take care of you. The doctor cannot fix you because you have taken a little bit of time to create the problem that you're presenting to them with. So we're here to educate you on how to be a little bit more proactive in your own health care. And that's why we're we're deeply saddened that we have to discuss this, but it's a problem and we've got to discuss it and get people on track. And Joanne, did you hear about this, the latest that we have for the problem with the education system? No. I think we've mentioned it before. There is less and less classes on home economics, meaning they're not teaching sewing and cooking in schools anymore. And that's a really sad state of affairs when 90% with some staggering number of millennials do not know how to sew on a button. Does mm. that uh, sort of hint at some... Yeah, we've talked about that before. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so... They say getting... millennials don't know how to cook, and they're ending up in certain diseases that they easily can address because they all fall under the category of being well, malnourished. Well, they actually say that this is, we're the first generation as baby boomers whose children we're going to outlive our children, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because and of their unhealthy lifestyle. that's a really sad state of affairs. So yeah. we're going to do our part in trying to reverse that trend. So we're going to first of all talk about um, vitamin A deficiency. Now, is that a disease? Absolutely. And uh, so, and I'm going to pronounce this because <laughs> I, so I took over. It causes a condition known as exerophthalmia, which begins with dry eyes and night blindness, but can eventually lead to total blindness if the deficiency isn't corrected. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And, you know, That's the problem, problem with vitamin A is that you can't take too much of it. And this is something from my own studies, because vitamin A stays in the liver if you overdose on it. So it's very important when you're talking about vitamin A, if you're taking supplements, that you deal with a, a, a nutritional a doctor and a nutrition expert um, so you don't get too much vitamin A. But, but a vitamin A deficiency is a real disease. That's a sad state of affairs that there's so many. But there's more to it, children. too. Mm-hmm. Because they get increased risk of becoming sick and dying from diarrhea. Because of vitamin A deficiency, you can not only get diarrhea, but acute respiratory infections, measles, and malaria. These, these are not what I would say... Um, not modern world, but advanced civilization is not supposed to be dealing with measles and malaria. But that's what's happening. And we've got more kids dying of these between 19 and 54% worldwide. And that's just that's just not acceptable in my book. There's, well, there is intervention. Proof, according to the World Health Organization, proof that this works is that um, they've had a decrease in child deaths between 19 and 54 percent, um, according to the Food and Nutrition Bulletin, 
um, as a result of uh, vitamin A interventions in developing countries. And if you think we don't have that problem here, it's not, it's not true. When you're living on mac and cheese, pizza, Coca-Cola, uh, I mean, stuff happens. <laughs> so then there's niacin and iodine deficiencies, and this is serious here, niacin and iodine deficiencies. Did you do, does our audience realize that every time they drink a carbonated drink, they're actually adding to the problems of these these topics that we're discussing? Because when you drink a carbonated drink, your body has a tough time absorbing nutrition that you're trying to get into your body from eating. Carbonated beverages are a non-nutrient. And they're a and, challenge. Uh, and, and, like, and like just like marijuana and carbonated beverages, if you millennials are listening to this, and the Gen Xers are listening to this, robs your body of vitamin C, very important vitamin. Very important. But that this, 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 this niacin deficiency can cause pellagra, which we haven't heard about for years. I don't, even, I don't think I've ever heard of a pellagra. What is pellagra? Uh, pellagra is an illness. It's characterized by diarrhea, rashes on the skin. And if, if you don't correct it, dementia and death. Pellagra was very common in the South um, because they had such a diet of corn there. And the American Indians knew a way to process the corn that kept um, uh, the niacin in it. But over processing the corn, and so for the South for a very long time, pellagra was a, uh, was, a, was a common thing until about 1920 when they began to understand that they couldn't use processed corn in their cooking. Wow, wonder what that technique is. Uh, you know, I I I, we'll I did to, look we'll it up. I did look it up. One. We'll dig it up. Um, but but in other words, you, you, unprocessed flour is always better. So when we're talking later on about how to remedy some of these challenges, these health challenges, um, we'll discuss that more. And then there's children who don't get enough iodine, and this is a big deal. Very much so. Again, it's. It, it can cause uh, goiter or enlarged thyroid. And those kids that are born to moms with this deficiency, they can suffer from something called cret- cretinism. cretinism and be stunted both mentally and physically. For those who don't know what cretinism is, a condition is severely stunted physical and mental growth due to untreated congenital deficiency of thyroid hormone. And that's called congenital hypothyroidism usually due to maternal hypothyroidism. So so mothers who have this can pass it on to their children, and it's usually due to an iodine deficiency. Amazing. It's amazing what all these different things, little, little things can lead to so many different problems. Next we're going to talk about, uh, where am I, vitamin Vitamin D. Vitamin D deficiency. Now, vitamin D is a common topic of conversation with both adults and kids. And you and I both know that a simple act of sitting in the sun for 10, 15 minutes a day will take care of your vitamin D levels because your body processes processes it just by sitting in the sunlight. And there's too many of us that are totally, deathly afraid of the sun that we don't even stay out for five minutes. And here we are in Pittsburgh. Well, there are people that are on medications like myself. I have to watch being out in the sun for a long time. But, you know, um, I, I, we have the, 
I heard a statistic that here in Pittsburgh, we have the we have less sunshine than any other city in the country except Seattle, Washington. Yeah, we're just we're one step behind Seattle. Yep. And and about they say that 68 percent of people in the United States are vitamin D deficient. And I know one of the things that one of the first things that when I went to your husband, one of the first things he put me on was vitamin D. He's not about a lot of medication, but right away he told me I needed to take. And especially when he found out I had cancer, he said, I need, you need to take about 10,000 IUs of vitamin D a day, which is a lot for a normal person. Yes. Because cancer robs your system, and so does, so, does, so does chemotherapy. Both rob your system of vitamin D. So That's a high amount, by the way. It is. Well, the reason is because the body has a tough time absorbing vitamin D. The best is still by sitting in the sun. And you get a decent amount if you drink milk, but then there's issues with milk. <laughs> so, yes, there are. <laughs> so best is to search out sunny places to sit in. Um, and if you don't get enough of these, you know, if you don't get enough of vitamin D, you end up with a problem called rickets. It's just typically associated with bowed legs due to soft bones. You look like a cowboy without ever sitting on a horse. And it can cause weak bones that break very easily, bone pain, skeletal deformities, muscle cramps, impaired growth, and dental deformities. So there's that's a long list of reasons why you better watch yourself and make sure you got your vitamin D on a daily basis. Now, iron deficiency is a big deal, too. Very much so. I, I, I don't know. When, I mean, ever since I was a little kid and I heard somebody say, you're iron deficient, I thought, somebody's going to make me eat an iron bar? How am I supposed to get iron in my body? And it just... Mentally, just a picture that just doesn't jive. Still, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> there's an iron deficiency anemia that can be uh, occurring. Uh, the common nutritional deficiency around the world. Uh, kids don't get enough iron. They don't make enough hemoglobin for the red blood cells, so they don't get as much oxygen carried to their cells. And if there's one thing that you need in your body to survive... And we're talking about survival mode, it's oxygen. And the more you get oxygen into your body, the better your health becomes because it's a fuel for your cells to function. Um, I mean, it's like you can't make a car go without gasoline. You can't make your body go without oxygen. And if you have this lack of iron, then some of the things that you're going to see happening is that you're going to be tired, you're going to look pale, you're going to be dizzy, you're going to be irritable. Some people even causes increased heartbeat and a decrease in appetite. Now, for kids, iron deficiency anemia can also slow brain development and decrease immune function. And as a result, your school's performance is not going to be shiny. And the thing that you have to think about with kids, if you hear a child tell you that they can feel their heartbeat, that their heart beats fast, don't don't think that they just heard something on TV. Pay attention to that. It could be a symptom of iron deficiency. Also, if they say that, check to see if they were running around or were they really did they really have an increased level of activity. If not, then that's a signal for you to go check them out. Now, next we're going to talk about obesity-related conditions. There are really more than seven diseases here, but yes, well. I didn't really understand this, but apparently just being overweight doesn't cause disease. 
but it increases your risk of disease and health problems in general. And so it's great to be a roly-poly baby because you need that extra baby fat to uh, develop and grow and the, the body knows what to do with it. But as you see, as you become two or three years old, you naturally lose that baby fat. You're done with having to carry it around. But we seem to be on a really strange diet, and, and I cringe every time I see someone handing a one-year-old or two-year-old some french fries to eat. That is not food. That's not even a snack. What would you call a french fry, Joanne? How would you label that category? Well, I am very much, as you know, in favor of potatoes. They've gotten a bad rap for years. They're a good source of fiber, and there's a lot of good things in potatoes. But just the process of frying those potatoes is not a good thing. Well, First of all, it takes all the nutrients out of it, unless you're possibly frying them in olive oil, which no one is. How about, and, how about in ghee? Yeah, ghee. You could buy them in ghee, I guess. But if you're frying, like in Italy, in Italy they fry the French fries in olive oil. Yeah. In McDonald's, they fry French fries in olive oil. So in Italy, if we go to so you, you go to Italy and you want to eat French fries at McDonald's, you can eat them because they're healthy, but not anywhere else. <laughs> not anywhere else. Well, one of the problems that you can um, create by being overweight in kids is high blood pressure, joint problems, obviously. And there are kids Great. running around with high cholesterol, Sunita. Really high cholesterol. Which is which it's, really it's is scary. scary. Yeah, it's very scary because it's an abnormal level of cholesterol. It's not like an adult and a doctor struggling with their high level of cholesterol, and their entire family has survived to into their nineties and they have higher levels of cholesterol. That's a totally different situation. But you're talking about overweight kid. No, you, that's not normal. It is not normal whatsoever. And uh, we can't emphasize enough the importance of getting these kids to move and exercise and get into the habit of doing it and finding it to be a fun thing to do and not a chore. And the list of of obesity-related conditions is myriad, so there's a whole bunch of them here. Oh, my God, yes. I mentioned the the high cholesterol, high blood pressure, joint problems, and breathing problems because they're carrying around extra weight. Type 2 diabetes, good Lord. Gallstones, acid reflux, and fatty liver disease. And the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said this is these all these factors are higher in kids that are overweight versus those of normal weight. And the same children that are obese in their childhood are more likely to develop heart disease, cancer, and diabetes as adults. Now you've heard about rickets. Or maybe some some people that are listening have not heard about rickets but it's back um and uh, uh and and running rampant across the country um and and in part partly they're saying it's an exclusive diet of breast milk um and babies that are just on death row have a have a have a vitamin d deficiency risk and um that puts them at risk for rickets a bone weakening disorder it was virtually non-existent in the United States for decades, but doctors nationwide are reporting a, small, a spike in the number of breastfed babies involving nutritional rickets. So it was very important for for mothers who are breastfeeding to know about other nutrition and perhaps supplement with vitamins. 
of course, most babies get vitamins from the doctor's office, you know, from the pediatricians usually. Right. For that reason. Yeah, they want to prevent all this thing. And there's the one thing I wanted to mention here is that, you know, how you said that it's been virtually, rickets have been virtually non-existent in the United States for decades. Well, now we have a new generation of doctors that don't even know what rickets is because it's not mentioned. It's not there. Mm-hmm. And so they're not aware of this is a problem that can happen, and we need to look at that as a possibility. Um, that's a little scary when you realize that when just because you've gotten rid of something, the doesn't mean that it doesn't it's, it can't come back. And that puts a big challenge on physicians to know so much information. Now, the Center for Disease Control will be actually putting out a bulletin on rickets uh, this fall, you know. Um, you know, as late as 1940s, rickets was a common childhood ailment and actually killed children. Right. Thousands. And they're saying that um may be on the rise because of the renewed popularity of breastfeeding, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. And and because rickets doesn't exist, some of the doctors are not properly prescribing vitamin D to breastfeeding moms. They're not thinking about now, especially rickets are African American women who are breastfeeding. By the way, for some reason, they're saying that it's the pigmentation, the darker pigmentation, prevents them from using sunlight to produce the necessary vitamin D because they're already dark, and we get this into this don't get any darker kind of a situation, you don't go out into the sun. Anybody, it doesn't mean the dark-skinned folks out there, but anybody that doesn't get a daily dose of sunlight are potentially at risk for developing rickets and a bunch of other stuff from lack of vitamin D. And there's a couple of doctors, doctors at two medical centers in North Carolina that are reporting that they saw 30 cases of rickets in breastfed black infants from 1990 through 1999, and with more than half of the cases occurring in the last 18 months of that period. And just vitamin D and milk can help this, but there are vitamins, vitamin D and other things like some vegetables, which I'm sure somewhere along the line we'll talk about vitamin D. We haven't done that yet. Yeah, we'll have to help people understand how the, what the sources are so they can keep it going in the right direction. Now... You heard about scurvy, and you're like, arg, if you were watching any pirate movies. The biggest thing that was killing the pirates on those ships in the 18th and 19th, 17th and 18th centuries, or as far back as 16th, was scurvy. Because they didn't have fresh fruits and vegetables. Exactly. The, the vitamin C levels plummet, and it it just creates disaster in the body. And there are people um, walking around with it right now. <laughs> Yes. Starting back as early as uh, 2009, uh, the Bay State Medical Center in Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, they didn't even know what it was because scurvy hadn't been around for years. And the middle-aged man showed up with bleeding gums, unexplained swelling, bruises, and fatigue. His team of interns suspected a skin infection, but every bacterial test came up negative. They were stumped to a teacher because someone eventually thought to ask about this person's diet, and they realized that he had scurvy. But that, to me, is the saddest state of affairs in a modern medicine. If you don't ask the patient what their diet is, how are you going to know how well they're doing? 
because food is a medicine. Because you're putting food in your body, it's going to affect it. Whether it's affected positively or negatively depends on what you put into your body. And that's and then, amazing that in our our <laughs> day and time, people are living on cheese and white bread and maybe you know, especially in the uh, less serviced areas, that they, they're very limited in what they can eat. And that just is. I, I think I, one of the best things that ever happened is those commercials with the baby oranges, like the clementines, uh-huh. and kids saying, "You got about you, where's the where are they, Dad?" Right. And there's all kinds of brand names for them. But if you could just get get a child to eat one of those a day, first of all, they're not getting processed sugar, and secondly, they're getting their vitamin C. Well, we could just stamp out scurvy with those little tiny oranges. Maybe that's what we should be promoting as a fundraiser for oranges (laughs) to give out to people. (coughs) I don't know. Next time you see someone, uh, keep an extra orange in the car. Next time you see somebody saying, we'll work for food, hand them an orange. Uh, the doctor who started this survey about scurvy, by, by by the way, he thought he was dealing with isolated studies. He had to go back in the medical journals almost 100 years to get information because they couldn't find next to nothing about scurvy in their clin- any clinical studies. That's not something people are paying attention to. Hey, did so you they, know that this doctor says that the nutritional bar for preventing scurvy is very low. He says if you can if you can have a handful of McDonald's ketchup packets a day and that'll give you enough vitamin C to keep you from contracting scurvy. But the problem is people are going to have those five packets of vitamin C with french fries. And that's not the total solution. But we'll be preventing vitamin but the we'll get the vitamin C in them, right? Yeah, I know. The, we just have to make sure everybody goes to Italy to eat the fries. Here are the people that are at risk <coughs> of scurvy and other diseases. People who are eat ninety percent takeout, like Chinese food, grinders, pizza, and even their home cooked meals are mostly frozen pasta dinners, cold cut sandwiches, and. Uh, you know, stay away from that bird's eye chicken Alfredo, sweet and sour chicken, beef lo mein. Uh, make it yourself. It's so easy. It's so easy to do that. those things at home. Cooking takes about 15 minutes a day. Isn't it worth your life? Exactly. And I think cooking should be turned into a family affair so that everybody's involved and becomes more aware. If we teach kids at a very young age to uh, cook, we're, we're taking care of a lot of problems in the future. Now, Cindy, so i got a question for you. Where do you start shopping in the grocery store? Me? Mm-hmm. 90% of the time I'm on the outer boundary of the, or, or the outskirts of the grocery store. You know where I go? The produce section. Yeah, that's, well, there's a I used to go to the meat fresh. section years ago. Uh-huh. Now I go to the produce section. Eating fresh food is very important. Yeah, your cart should be filled with more fresh fruits and vegetables than anything else. Just, that's just the, the rule of thumb you should have. And even your plate, if you really think about it, your plate should have, I would say, half to three quarters of unprocessed food, which is fresh fruits and vegetables. 
and only a quarter of it, maybe a third, should be processed foods. They actually now have tests, clinical tests, they can give you for scurvy. Until about 2000, people just weren't tested for it. No, they didn't think it was something they needed to do. So you had, you had, you had, you had, a hundred years basically, or eighty years, of the twentieth century, where people were walking around with scurvy and probably misdiagnosed for a lot of other things. So it's very important to keep all that information. So takeaways from today, Sunita, what would you say? Pay attention to what you're eating. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables. And you're going to prevent a lot of problems. And if you still end up with them, then the, the fix is not as bad as if you don't do this. Exactly. So um, we're going to come back with some more information on uh, how a nutrition plays an important role in your health. Uh, we've got a whole series planned here. Uh, in, in, in preparation for your new project, Anita, which is? Which is the Red Heart Kitchen where we teach people, our audience, how to cook healthy food with the Indian influence to it. And uh, just teaching people how you can make a quick meal on a budget. It's not its not something that will take a lot of time. We're going to do really easy recipes, nutritious recipes. You should be able to have your pantry stocked with the proper foods so that you can be nourished. Interesting what you said with an Indian influence. Um, my nephew and I have really gotten into Indian spices thanks to all these shows we've been doing, thanks to your influence on our cooking habits. Um, people think spices are very expensive, and they are. I recently sent my nephew had a gift card for Giant Eagle, and he walked in, and he was shocked at how much he spent on spices because I told him to get they were 40% off. He said, man, we could go to the Indian store. I got a little container of turmeric. He said, for $3.00. We could go to the Indian store and buy enough turmeric for the whole year. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about where you shop. Absolutely. Awesome. And a little bit of knowledge takes you a long way. So the Red Heart Kitchen Project is uh, has been nominated for the Up Prize here in Pittsburgh. And uh, that is uh, starts out with a $10,000 grant to 10, to 10 candidates that they approve. And then later, um, there's an opportunity to get up to uh, $700,000 for the project. So uh, your projects in it is just what you're doing today, educating people? Educating people, teaching them how to take care of themselves. And we're going to have an opportunity to get locally get a group of people together to sit and test them with our sponsor, the Biophotonic Scanner. It's such an important and easy test, the no pokey nutritional lie detector test you know, if we just give people feedback on their antioxidant levels, which is what this machine does, it makes them aware that they need to change what they're doing. It, you know, the lower the, the score, the worse your physical condition, and the higher the score, the better your physical condition, and that's the goal, is to get you healthy without having to rely on the doctors. We've got someone right here from Northwest Illinois on the call, and they're live on the call here, and I haven't muted them. I just wonder if they have any questions or comments for Mrs. Cardiology, Sunita Pandit, before we close today. I just noticed they were in here. How good is the vegetarian diet? What about that vegetarian diet? Is it really that good? 
Well, Sunita, you can answer that. You, you, you need a, you, I was forced to protein, but vegetarian, you know, the anti-inflammatory diet, which we call, call, talked about here once before, at the top of the list is vegetables. Go ahead and answer that question, Sunita. Yeah, overall, a vegetarian diet can be good, just like any other diet in the world that's labeled a certain diet. It all it depends on balance and making sure that you're, with vegetarians, the biggest concern becomes are you getting enough protein? And there are sources of vegetable proteins out there, but you really have to be very, very careful and make sure you balance out the proteins in there. Otherwise, you end up eating too many carbs, which is an imbalance. There are a lot of fat vegetarians out there. Yep, you're right. Oh, my gosh, yes. We have a lot of vegetarians with the cholesterol issues and heart disease. I mean, India, unfortunately, number one country in the world for vegetarians and number one in the world for heart disease. It's the kind of vegetarianism that you're practicing that becomes the issue. So, yes, it's good, but only if you do it the right way. I hope that helps you answer the the. Yeah. Is there anything else we can answer for you? I think she's finished. Um, we're going to continue uh, this series next week on how nutrition helps your diet. If you like what you hear and you'd like to continue to get information on Mr. and Mrs. Cardiology, there's a couple ways you can do that. If you're listening in from TalkShoe, it's Talk Like We're Doing Now, and you shake around your foot, there's a subscribe button to the right of the call, and you can get a notification by email every time uh, Cindy and Mrs. Cardiology does a show. If you're listening in from iTunes or pplmag.com, because she is an anchor podcast here on PositivelyPittsburghLiveMagazine.com, there are also subscribe buttons there. Feel free to do that, and then you will never miss a call uh, that Cindy and Mrs. Cardiology is doing. So today's show is copyrighted to Cindy Pandit. DBA, Mrs. Cardiology, all rights reserved. And uh, you can find show notes for various shows at mrscardiology.com. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure, if you found this information helpful, to forward it on to friends who might be in need of it. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.